Pichuto. Seven years. Handoff. Damian Williams trying to get to the edge. Breaks a tackle. 35, 30. Damian Williams, 20. Stays in bounds. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Kansas City. And the snap goes high over the head of Big Ben. All the way back to the 2, to the 1. And the Browns have it in the end zone. And they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown. Carl Joseph's got it in the end zone. A touchdown. Derek looks left. Derek going to throw for the end zone. Caught! It is caught! Touchdown! <laughs> Welcome to the rest stop. It's February 4th, 2021. We are live. Myself, Brad the Believer, Spencer the Wiz, come to you every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 o'clock Pacific time. You could t- check us out live on the Twitch app or go to www.twitch.tv slash chrislandryfootball and the rest stop will be there at 9 o'clock Pacific time, Tuesday and Thursday. Got a good show for you in sort of night as we're less than 72 hours away from Super Bowl 55. That'll take place in Tampa, Florida at Raymond James Stadium, the Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady, arguably the greatest football player of all time. And uh, some calling the baby goat, Patrick Mahomes, the two quarterbacks that will be squaring off in this matchup. Should be a fantastic game as Tampa Bay made it into the Super Bowl as a wild card team. They've won three road games and now playing at home. First team ever to play in their home stadium for a Super Bowl. And the Kansas City Chiefs, who were the number one seed in the AFC, they won two games and will we'll be looking to go back to back as Super Bowl champions in this matchup. Andy Reid looking to get his second Super Bowl title. Pat Mahomes looking to get his second, and Tom Brady appearing in his 10th Super Bowl, looking to get number seven. It should be a fantastic matchup. Myself and Spencer the Wiz will get into deep detail of this game. We'll be breaking down each position group and telling you who we think has the advantage, and we'll give you our pick against the spread on that game. It currently sits as Chiefs as a three-point favorite in most places. Some places you could find the the Chiefs minus three and a half or get Tampa Bay plus three and a half. We'll tell you who we like there, and uh, it should be a great matchup. There's been a little bit of contact tracing for COVID-19 from some of the Chiefs players, as it was reported that uh, Daniel Kilgore, the starting center for the Chiefs, was getting a haircut and some other players getting a haircut by that barber. The barber tested positive, uh, but they got rid of Kilgore mid-haircut, exited him out of the building, and uh, everybody on the Chiefs seems to be negative at this point, but it's really something, as we've seen up to this point, that you've got to monitor one day at a time. So as of right now, it looks like most of the Chiefs players are good to go. Uh, so as far as the injuries go, Tampa Bay and Kansas City have a few guys uh, that are banged up, but it looks like most everybody that's of importance will be good to go on both sides, and that'll be really important as they've had the two weeks off leading into the game coming up this Sunday. Joining me, as always, Spencer Ostrovsky. You can follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. Spence, great to have you again as we're less than 72 hours before Super Bowl 55. And it looks to be uh, a great matchup this Sunday. Two fantastic quarterbacks that, of course, have much different styles, uh, but both well-respected. One looking already in his third year to be looked at as, as the next greatest quarterback. And then Tom Brady, who looks to be down the home stretch of his career has pretty much established himself as the greatest to ever play the position. 
Yeah, no, this is it. I mean, uh, Tom Brady, everyone's already saying that he's uh, usurped Tom Brady, but obviously he's looking to claim his stake at least one more time. And if he does pull this off, I don't think there will ever be a discussion because at that, even when it's all said and done, how many uh, Super Bowls Patrick Mahomes has, people always say that Tom Brady beat him in a Super Bowl. Uh, and the fact that guys like Eli Manning and uh, I can't even, Nick Foles beat him, uh, I think that will also be used against him, the fact that he couldn't get it done against an old man. Uh, but I'm excited like everybody else. I'm not sure if the buzz around the Super Bowl is quite what it has been in past years, which is kind of sad to see. Uh, but, you know, as sports advocates that we are, we'll be watching the game quite intently. Uh, whether or not the Super Bowl carries the same weight as a regular one, I'm not sure. That discussion's already been had, uh, you know, with basketball. Uh, but, you know, we'll just try to take her a slice of life out uh, through all this nuts and craziness that's going around and hopefully just enjoy some football uh, for the conclusion of the season. I agree with something you said there, Spence. If Tom Brady and the Buccaneers find a way to win this Super Bowl, uh, his first year in the NFC Conference, the first time the Bucs have appeared in the Super Bowl in over a decade, and, it, of course, against this high-powered Chiefs offense and a defense that's got some playmakers as well, if Tampa Bay can find a way and Tom Brady – as uh, instrumental and in leading Tampa Bay to this victory, uh, I think this will be his greatest victory of, of them all. And uh, it's it's hard to really put put him in order when you win the Super Bowl. There's only one winner at the end of each season, so so each time you're able to li- raise that Lombardi Trophy, uh, there's a sense of satisfaction that's second to none. Uh, but this one may uh, just be a little bit extra special, especially with the separation of Tom Brady from the Patriots franchise and Bill Belichick from him kind of separating himself in this conversation. I'm sure it would mean a lot to him personally. And, of course, elevating uh, the franchise of Tampa Bay and the players around him. It'll be quite the accomplishment if Tampa Bay and Tom Brady find a way as a wildcard team to come through and win the Super Bowl. So, Spence, let's start breaking it down position by position. And why not? Let's start at the quarterback position. And I'll start it off, Spence. I'll tell you who I think has the edge at this position. may surprise you a little bit, as high as I've been on Tom Brady. I think at at the position itself, uh, we're talking about the ability to make all of the throws, to make big plays outside of the pocket. Of course, I think Tom Brady's the greatest. um, But if we want to talk about uh, some mistakes that have been made, I'm going to give the slight edge to just the position to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Even though he may not be 100%, I think the guy can make all the throws. I think he can get out of the pocket and make plays as well. We we talked about the soft air. He's not necessarily a running quarterback but he can certainly elude the rush. Uh, And I think there's ways to get to Tom Brady. So I think if you're talking about just the quarterback position and just what he can do with that position, I'm going to give the edge to Patrick Mahomes. I'll disagree with you. Uh, Let's be honest, that throw he made at the end of the game last year, uh, the long throw to Tyreek Hill at the end of the game was luck. He threw it up there. He didn't know if he was going to catch. Now he did get very lucky. That's just what it's going to come down to. Did Tom Brady have the best game last week with three interceptions? He probably didn't. But this is Tom Brady's 10th Super Bowl. So we're talking about like somebody who has a little bit more of an advantage. It's got to be him. He's had more experience than anyone essentially in NFL history at this spot. Uh, if it comes down to the last two minutes of the game, I'd rather have the ball in Tom Brady's hand than Patrick Mahomes. That's just me. I know Patrick Mahomes has done it multiple times, but he has not done it nearly as many times as Tom Brady. And I know, Spence, I'm, I'm surprised at my own answer here. If you can't tell, I have my TV12 sweatshirt on today. 
If you can't tell, I know it's a little sewed in there. This is the TV12 determination hoodie. And after Brady had punched his ticket to Super Bowl 55 in his 10th Super Bowl, I had to go on the TV12 website and get my Tom Brady swag. So it's kind of blasphemous that all this talk of me hyping up Brady, I'm going to give the edge to Mahomes. But that's just for the position of quarterback. I think as a leader and as far as elevating the play of everybody else, I give that to Tom Brady. And look, it's just it's just going to be a, re it's a really tough Super Bowl to decide because you see what you see on paper and you see how explosive this Kansas City offense can be. But I look at that first half of the Tampa Bay Green Bay game. On the road, Tom Brady comes out in that first half, Spence, and he just dices away at that defense. He is so on point. And then leading that touchdown drive with eight seconds left, throwing the perfect ball to Scotty Miller in the slot. Tom Brady is – he's going to be dialed in, Spence, and he is no stranger to a big game. You talk about his three interceptions. I thought two of those were certainly off of deflections off the hands of his wide receivers. Uh, he, I think he knows and he's using all the motivation possible uh, to come out and really not only have his best game, but he is going to have everybody else focused and dialed in because his preparation, his mindset is really second to none. And we've heard absolutely zero about distractions from Tampa Bay or inside that locker room or guys not being where or, or where they're supposed to be or anything of that sort. So I think this is going to uh, lead up to a, a fantastic Super Bowl. And it's, it's tough to pick, Spence. You're asking me who to lean to with two great quarterbacks. You're not going to be wrong uh, on, on either side. So, Spence, let's go to the running back position on both teams. And, and the starter, Cl Clyde Edwards-Alaire for Kansas City, uh, you have backing him up, Daryl Williams, and then Le'Veon Bell. So you've kind of got uh, three guys there that will get some touches. And then with Tampa Bay, Leonard Fournette, who's had a really nice playoff stretch here. And then Ronald Jones, who's had a successful season, and, and LaShawn McCoy, Listed as the number three, we haven't seen him much in the playoffs. Spence, you start this one off. Who do you lean towards in the running back battle? Who do you give the advantage to with these two teams? Yeah, I like what I've seen from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but a lot of that could just come from the fact that he plays in the Chiefs offense and anyone could be successful. In terms of the momentum that I've seen, the skill position, uh, I said that Leonard Fournette would be a, a, a no factor for their team, and uh, for a long time he was. The, the playoffs are a special event for any team in any sport. There's always going to be that one guy who just catches fire like Nick Foles, let's say. Now, do I think he's that hot? Uh, I'm talking about Ron, or, uh, Leonard, Leonard Fournette. No, I wouldn't say so necessarily. But still, I think he could be primed to have a huge game. It's not like the Chiefs defense has been lighting up the world anytime uh, recently. Now, did they have their best game of the season uh, last week, you know, leading up to the Super Bowl, yes, and that's kind of important. But still, you're talking about a Bills team that had not been in the NFC champion or the AFC Championship game since like the '70s. So I'm not going to go ahead and say that that's just going to they're just going to go out and do the same thing, especially with a Tom Brady led team. Uh, I know I'm kind of a long winded way of saying that I actually like the running back room for Tampa Bay a lot more than I do for the Chiefs. Spence, you don't have to go as far back as the '70s. Remember, Buffalo went to four straight Super Bowls in the 90s and lost all of them. So That's right. it wasn't quite that far back. But, yes, it's been many decades since Buffalo appeared in an AFC title game. I'm going to agree with you, Spence. I think uh, Leonard Fournette has played really good football here in the playoffs. And I think you can't forget about Ronald Jones either. He's ran the ball well. And Tampa Bay has great balance. They really do. And they're healthy on the offensive line. I think that's going to mean something when you talk about running the football. And Leonard Fournette ha has been excellent. And, and he played at LSU in some big games. He was a top 15 pick. 
And I think he's going to – I agree with you. I think he's going to have a really nice game. And what we talked about a little bit about prop bets on the last show. You can get plus money betting on Leonard Fournette to score a touchdown in this game. I think you go with that. And I think if you can – if you want to bet player props and bet yardage, total yardage, Leonard Fournette, the over, I like a lot. I think Leonard Fournette gets in the end zone, and I think he has close to 100 yards in this game, and he's a factor. He may catch a couple balls out of the backfield. He's got a receiving touchdown in this playoff uh, – in these these 2020 2021 playoffs as well i think leonard fournette will have a, a really good football game in this one and i like the, i like the backs in kansas city i, I do like clyde edwards alaire but i think with having two starting offensive linemen out in the way tampa bay's defense uh has played during the playoffs they haven't been lights out but they've made plays and, and having antoine winfield jr back will help them significantly uh I, i'm going to give the edge to tampa bay here Spence, let's go ahead and move into the offensive line. We, we mentioned two starters uh, look to be out for Kansas City. Eric Fisher uh, looks like Kilgore could be out, the starting center. So you're going to have Andrew Wiley stepping in at right tackle. Stefan Wisniewski at guard. Uh, Austin Ryder, the center. Uh, Nick Algaretti, the left guard. Mike Remmers, who played for Carolina and played for the Vikings at left tackle. Uh, Mike Remmers, he's had some good moments here, but definitely nothing to be uh, – frightened about at the left tackle position and we know the pass rushers that Tampa Bay has um so let's go down Tampa Bay's depth chart on the offensive line Ali Marpet the left guard he's a really solid player former first round pick Ryan Jensen at center uh Tristan Wurst we've talked about him at right tackle Spence he's a, a fantastic rookie Aaron Steiny, the right guard and left tackle Donovan Smith Spence I think we're going to be in agreement here I, I think we've got to give the uh the offensive line of Tampa Bay, the edge here. I, I think they've got some really solid players. And with having two starters off for Kansas City, uh, my edge goes to Tampa Bay here. Yeah, if I'm not mis- mistaken, Wisniewski was uh, the Raiders' first-round draft pick like six years ago, uh, the son of the uh, the actual, I think, Hall of Fame uh, offensive lineman for the Raiders, Wisniewski. Uh, it's funny to know that he's still in the league. But anyways, yeah, of course. I mean, you can't really say that the Chiefs are going to have an advantage at all. And it's kind of scary to think that because uh, Patrick Mahomes, as we know, probably isn't 100%. Now, is he a little closer to 100% than he was last week? I would say so as well. Did he even look bad last week? Definitely not. Uh, but just looking at it, you know, player to player, uh, again, Tristan Wirfs has, was my second favorite offensive lineman this year, and he's proven to be probably the best of them. Uh, I Is Tom Brady going to go without, without being sacked the entire game? No. Uh, but do I, if there is some sort of prop bet on who's going to have more sacks, the Buccaneers or the Chiefs, I'm definitely leaning towards the uh, Buccaneers there. It's going to be, it's going to be really interesting, Spence. Uh, I do. I, I think this offensive line injury is going to play a role here. I, I think Mike Remmers, even though he is a starter, I, I do not think he is going to hold up well against this pass rush of Tampa Bay. We know Patrick Mahomes can be elusive in that pocket, but and that's why it's going to be so crucial for guys like Ndamukong Sue, J- uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett. When they get their hands on Mahomes, they've got to bring him to the ground. And I think we're going to see some great blitz packages by Todd Bowles. I can guarantee you Antoine Winfield Jr. will be coming on some safety blitzes, and he is great at that. I think he could absolutely make some game-changing plays in this game. It's going to be really fun to watch the chess match between Byron Left. I'm sorry, uh, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, the offensive play callers for Kansas City, and then Todd Bowles, the defensive play callers for Tampa Bay. Because you've got some weapons 
uh, that Tampa defense. Of course, they did not fare well in the regular season matchup against Kansas City, but you've got two more weeks to prepare, and you've got the film of that first game, and I think you're going to see a better performance from Tampa Bay here. So it's going to be very fun to watch there. Spence, let's go back to the skill positions here. Let's go to the wide receiver position, and uh, you've got some really great ones on both sides here. Uh, Sammy Watkins is listed as questionable for the Chiefs, but McCall Hardman should play. And then you've got Tyreek Hill, the game changer, on the outside for the Chiefs. And then Travis Kelsey, the all-pro tight end for Tampa Bay, for or for Kansas City. For Tampa Bay, you got Mike Evans, another all-pro player. Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown should play. And then Rob Gronkowski and Cameron Brait, the tight ends uh, for Tampa Bay. Spence, who do you lean to the advantage here as a whole from the wide receiver position? No, it, it shouldn't. It seems close, like on paper to me, it's not close at all. Uh, I'm going Chiefs here all the way. Uh, just the ability for Tyreek Hill to take a five-yard gain and just basically shoot it out into 50 yards at any point in time. He's probably going to have at least one of those during the game at some point. Uh, and, I, and I'm predicting a very costly mistake for Mike Evans at some point in the game. This guy has no experience in the playoffs for the most part. Uh, he's been good his entire career. He's been coddled, especially even going back to Texas A&M. Uh, I just... He's going to have a decent game. I don't think he's going to be invisible, but he's going to have some sort of drop pass, some sort of deflection that goes for an interception. And on the other side, you have guys that have made Super Bowl winning plays for the Chiefs and might just straight up be more talented than them anyway. So love the Chiefs uh, offensive core, often, you know, uh, receiving core, tight end core here in this matchup. Yeah, on paper, I think you were right, Spence. It looks a lot closer, but it's really hard to go against Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. These guys are the best at their positions. Tyreek Hill is, is such a game changer with what he can do after the catch and how he can stretch defenses with the speed. And Travis Kelsey is just as reliable as they come at the tight end position. He finds soft spots in the zones. He can make plays after the catch. He's fantastic. I, I'm a big fan of Mike Evans. I think Godwin can make plays. I think Antonio Brown has an opportunity to make some plays. And, of course, Rob Gronkowski and Cameron Brait. These guys are nothing to sneeze about. These are really good football players, and I think uh, – it definitely is a lot closer on paper, but I think Kelsey and Hill are just so much on a different level. I think them, in addition to Pat Mahomes, they make that offense. I mean, I don't know that Pat Mahomes would be what he is without Kelsey and Hill, and I don't know that Hill and Kelsey would be what they are without Patrick Mahomes. So it's a great marriage. Andrew, Andy Reid has got himself in the perfect situation offensively. Uh, and look, Kansas City's in, in their second straight Super Bowl. So uh, the proof is in the pudding, and it speaks for itself. Uh, I, I don't know that I expect the the unexperience of Mike Evans and company uh, to hinder them too much. I do think they'll be game and they'll have some good games, but it's hard not to take the offensive skill players of the Kansas City Chiefs, especially in this matchup. So it's going to be very fun to watch, Spence, and uh, we we both kind of like the edge to um, to Kansas City there. Let's go to the defensive line, Spence. And with Kansas City, you've got Chris Jones, who made a great impact on the interior defensive line of Kansas City in last year's Super Bowl, signed a contract extension. On the edges, you've got Frank Clark, uh, and you've got uh, Alex Okafor. You've got uh, Derek Nandi on the inside as well for Kansas City. So we know definitely the big names of Frank Clark and Chris Jones. Uh, for Tampa Bay, you've got a list of names that are very, very popular. You've got William Golston and Jason Pierre-Paul and Dominican Sue and Vita Vea, who came back from injury. So on the defensive line, Spence, I'm going to lean towards Tampa Bay here. I think Pierre-Paul, Vita Vea, and Dominican Sue, uh, I think Pierre-Paul's played great here in this playoffs. It's, it's hard to, to 
dismiss what Chris Jones and Frank Clark has done. They have been very solid and impact players on the defense for Kansas City, but I'm still going to give the edge to Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay as far as the defensive line goes. As a collective group, uh, it's not close in my opinion. I think Tampa Bay has a significantly better uh, defensive attack there on the front. And the reason I say that is because when they sub guys out, they're not subbing like the guys they're subbing in for the most part are like starters for most teams. So they're going to have a relentless attack the entire time. And, uh, you know, these new kind of filling guys for the Chiefs offensive line are going to have to put in a ton of work to make sure that that doesn't spill over. Patrick Mahomes will do a little bit of magic. I'm sure he'll have a few catches that'll wow us all, you know, the left-handed weird things. But uh, that could also force him into a few mistakes if he tries to get too fancy with it. He did in the Super Bowl last year. I think he had two interceptions, and they were not, like, deflections or anything. He threw bad passes. And if a team's going to force him to do that, it could easily be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now is he a year older and has a Super Bowl experience? Yes. So he probably won't throw two of them, but I could easily see him – uh, throwing at least one given the amount of talent that they have on that side of the ball. And those candidates right there, like those names you just listed for the Buccaneers, are all great values for Super Bowl MVP, in my opinion. Uh, it's like almost never running back. It's almost not never a receiver. It's usually quarterback or some random guy on defense. If there is some sort of weakness there, a point of contention where a guy could have a massive game, it's Pierre Paul uh, or Nadonic can sue for me uh, and you can even even any of those names. I'm sure you can even get better value for some of the lower list names. And Spence, you mentioned something that I put a little bit of coin on for a prop bet. Will Patrick Mahomes throw an interception in this game? It opened up at plus 145. I didn't get the best number. I think I got plus 125, but I put the yes. I said he will throw an interception, and all he's got to do is throw one. Any deflection, any Hail Mary at the beginning or end of the half, I'm sorry, at the end of any half, and I cash that ticket. So I put a little bit of coin on that. So I'm hoping what you just described there comes true uh, for Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Spence, let's go to the linebacker positions. We'll start off on the Kansas City side. Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson, and Antonio Hamilton. I'm sorry, Darius Harris, Anthony Hitchens, and Damian Wilson for Kansas City. Then you go to Tampa Bay, Shaq Barrett, Levante David, and Devin White. Uh, to this, to me, this one isn't isn't close, Spence. Tampa Bay's got uh, a list of linebackers that are, are Pro Bowl-type players. Devin White, Levante David, Shaq Barrett, all guys that you mentioned about possible dark horse MVP values. Those guys certainly uh, are on my short list in addition to the guys you've already mentioned. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, those list of names, because when you keep going deeper and deeper into the Chiefs roster, those names get worse and worse. And the reason for that, I just uh, had looked. I just looked up Patrick Mahomes' contract. Uh, each year he makes more. So a lot of the times when guys uh, make super huge deals, like even Derek Carr, they'll go less in the beginning for the idea of the Raiders did the idea for a Super Bowl run. But obviously the Chiefs had that mentality as well. But uh, going down the list here, it, it's worth mentioning. So the cap hit is going to be 24 million, 31, 42, 40, 40, 40, 60, 40. So it, every single year they're going to be paying him more money. The reason Tom Brady was able to sustained success throughout his career he took pay cuts now was he underpaid a little bit but not nothing crazy but still he wasn't at no point was he paid more than his means and he sacrificed a lot to make that team roster happen this year I think is a great example how that you saw a little bit of shakiness the cap space is not going to keep going up not right now at least 
it's going to end up hurting the Chiefs significantly. Now, you got to do whatever you can to keep Patrick Mahomes, obviously. It's going to come to bite them. And that list of linebackers you just named, I like most people probably didn't even know they existed until the Super Bowl. Uh, the advantage here, massive, massive in favor of the Buccaneers. Spence, you mentioned the construction of, of the rosters of these teams. Let's give Tampa Bay general manager Jason Light a lot of credit. This guy has constructed – uh, helped construct a really excellent roster from top to bottom. And this is not all Tom Brady. This is not the reason, uh, sole reason Tampa Bay is in the Super Bowl. We, we talk about the skill position guys like Fournette, Evans, uh, Gronk, Cameron Brait. Well, look at the drafting of Tristan Wirfs in the first round. Uh, l- l- let's look at Antoine Winfield Jr., the starting safety. These guys have been extremely impactful uh, for, for the starting in the starting lineup of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and another late round pick Tyler Johnson, a receiver out of the university of Minnesota. He's made an impact as well. So Jason light deserves lots of credit uh, from the Tampa Bay side and putting a nice roster together here. Spence, let's go to the cornerback position and for Tampa Bay, the starters at the right cornerback, Sean Murphy bunting. We've heard his name throughout the playoffs, Carlton Davis on the other side, uh, backing him up, Ryan Smith, Jamel Dean uh, backing up the other side. And let's go to Kansas city where you have, Charvarius Ward backed up by Rashad Fenton and then Antonio Hamilton uh, backed up by Rashad Breeland, who also plays the slot position as well as Legarius Sneed for Kansas City. Spence, from just the cornerback position, who do you give the edge to in this matchup? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, This is a tough one. None of these guys are amongst the top 10 in the league. It's kind of a wash. The only reason I'm going to lean towards the Buccaneers in this spot is because of that one kid. I, you just mentioned his name. I can't even think of it now. I think he's had an interception in every playoff game uh, so far this year. Murphy uh, so, Yeah, so I'm going to just take the idea of momentum and hopefully, you know, for the Buc- – well, if you're a Buccaneers fan, you hope he continues that momentum and has at least one more here in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's hard to really lean either way when you talk about just the cornerback position. So I'm going to go wash <laughs> Spence, but I, I agree with what you said. A little bit of momentum on the Tampa Bay side with some of the turnovers they've created. Now, uh, this is going to be an interesting one to dissect the safety position because you've got some superstars on both sides, in my opinion. You've got Tyron Matthew, the honey badger, at the strong safety position. Daniel Sorensen at the free safety for Kansas City, backed up by Juan Thornhill. And then for the Bucs side, Antoine Winfield Jr., the uh, exciting rookie that we've talked about, uh, and Jordan Whitehead on the other side of the safety position for Tampa Bay. Who do you give the edge to here, Spence? Without a doubt, it's the Chiefs. Uh, and it's actually really important. The safety position is so big, uh, it kind of goes unnoticed. They they clean up everything on the field. Uh, they also have key like blitz positions on certain plays. Uh, but because of experience, the Honey Badger – He's going to be the best safety on the field this entire game, without a doubt. He's going to be the one who can make huge impact plays, potentially get those interceptions that you need to seal the, the game. Uh, and, you know, he's he's done it before. He's been there. He's done that. And he was a key part of the reason they won that Super Bowl last year. So I, I like the Chiefs here in the safety position. Uh, I, I agree with you, Spence, but I don't think it's by as big a margin of use, uh, as you've explained here. I think Antoine Winfield Jr. is that good and that much of a playmaker. Uh, we saw him change – uh, the game around, uh, I, I believe in the in the Saints game, he absolutely that turnover changed the game. Uh, I think his cap- I, I think he's got great capability to bring blitz blitz from the safety position and cause a turnover. Um, I, I, I think 
This is a lot closer. I'll give the slight edge to Kansas City, but I think Tampa Bay safeties, especially Antoine Winfield Jr., could show up big in this football game. And you talked about Dark Horse MVPs. He could be a really big one getting huge value for Tampa Bay. Spence, let's go to the special teams now, and let's start off with the returners. Now, for Kansas City, uh, Tyreek Hill and McCall Hardman listed as the kick returners, Tyreek Hill as the punt returner. And for Tampa Bay, Jaden Mickens doing both of the duties for Tampa. Uh, I'm sorry if I if I misspoke. It was Tyreek Hill and McCall Hardman for Kansas City doing those duties. Spence, do you give an edge to either one here for the return special teams game? Uh, just in special teams in general, I think the advantage goes to uh, the Chiefs, mostly because the Buccaneers special teams defense isn't very good. Uh, they almost lost that game against the Saints because they just gave up big play after big play. Have they cleaned it up a little bit? Yes, they have. But that's viable to happen if Tyreek Hill is running back. Uh, your punt returner that it, it can happen at any second and they're a little vulnerable there uh, and I don't think anyone on Tampa Bay can ret- make a special teams return that easily at all just in general so I'm, I think there's at least one big special plays team for the Chiefs in this game and it could decide it ultimately but who knows it could and it's hard to go against Tyreek Hill and McCole Harbin those are those guys are excellent returners I really like Mickens for Tampa Bay but I'm also going to give the edge to Kansas City here let's go to the kickers Spence, uh, Brian Bravo mentioned it. Chris Wynn mentioned it. Harrison Butker, Ryan Suckup for Kansas City. Uh, to me, this is an easy one. Uh, Butker is awful, Chris Wynn. He's missed so many extra points this year. Yes, he's made some long kicks, but you cannot rely on him to make an extra point, or can you rely on him to make a field goal? So Butker, not all day. I'll be taking the problem. Will there be a missed extra point? Yes, it'll be by Harrison Butker. He has been unreliable, especially uh, he was good against Buffalo, but he missed an extra point against the Browns. He's missed extra points all year long. He's missed field goals. I expect it to happen in the biggest moment. I give the edge to Tampa Bay and Ryan Suckup. Suckup just hasn't been put in a difficult spot, I think, this entire playoffs, and that's a a very reasonable thing to do if you're a head coach. But he's been reliable, so when they need him to do something, he has done it. Butker, on the other hand, has just been shaky at spots. And if he's going to be a little nervous, if they're going to take that extra time out to make him re-kick it, he could be the guy to miss it. Now, does he have a leg advantage in terms of power? Absolutely. This is a guy who can make 54-plus yards at any point in time, but whether or not he will is another question. So I agree with you. I think Tampa Bay has a massive advantage there. There it is. That's Spencer the Wiz. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. And uh, let's give Spence some, some credit here real quick. Spencer the Wiz did an interview earlier today for Vegas Sports Daily with Stacy Moore, I believe the founder of the American Cornhole League. And it's a fantastic interview you did there, Spence. Tell everybody listening out there where they can find uh, your work and what you did today with Stacey Moore. Yeah, so I partnered with Vegas Sports Daily today, uh, and they had me interview the guy who founded, owns the uh, American Cornhole League, Stacey Moore. You can find it on YouTube Delivering Sports, or if you're on Facebook, you know, go on YouTube. I, I streamed it from the Vegas Sports Daily page. Really nice dude. Uh, just really good Southerner. I grew up in Mississippi, so I, I was a nice connection there. Just talked about, you know, this is like a nice young dude. And I could tell that uh, this is all very exciting for him to sign an ESPN contract for someone who just started something uh, really respects the guys who make up the game uh, in terms of making the rules and sponsorships. Smart, smart person. If you want to hear about like how he started it, the regulations, where they want to go with it, it's cool because it was the only sport on ESPN for a very long time after sports were canceled. It's a naturally uh, socially distant sport. And uh, yeah, just cool, cool dude all around. Uh, nice guy. 
And, and Chris, to answer your question, uh, Spence talked about the betting aspect with Stacey Moore on this interview, and DraftKings has become one of the lead sponsors, uh, if I'm correct, for the Cornhole Professional Cornhole League. So, Spence, go ahead and, and kind of answer that question for Chris there. Yeah, I, I wish I could remember. I think they're trying to get New Jersey, and they were already in somewhere. It was like North Carolina or something like that. They take it on a state-to-state basis. It's obviously very difficult anywhere to get on a sports gambling side, but I didn't know you had to take it state-by-state. State. I thought there would kind of be a general thing with DraftKings, but no, you literally have to make it happen. Uh, so this guy's working really hard every day. He was like at a cherry event today, too. He's probably one of the busiest guys uh, and owner-wise because he's really running it. You could tell like he's kind of the leading person in this sport besides the fact that he owns it. But, you know, it's not as big as the NFL. He doesn't have a ton of resources. So he's taking it a day at a time and trying to make it happen. Yeah, there it is. And look, Spencer the Wiz also, he has his own sports show. It's a Friday night sports show here locally in Las Vegas. It's on KSHP 1400. It's called Delivering Sports. So make sure you follow Spence's uh, Twitter, at Spencer the Wiz. His YouTube channel is Blue Milk Boys Gaming. And Spence does a lot of cool and and, uh, fun stuff here in town. He's on all kinds of shows along with the rest up here. So make sure you support Spencer the Wiz and all that he does here around town. And if you missed any part of this show, the rest stop, uh, you can check out the podcast version of the show. If you miss us live, you can go to Audio Boom, Spotify, Google Podcasts, search Landry Football Conference Call. We're under the umbrella of the rest stop. You can check us out there on your way to work, on your way home from work. Spence, let's get back to Super Bowl 55. It'll be taking place this Sunday at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs will be looking to go back-to-backs, a task that is not easy to do in the NFL. Tom Brady, on the other hand, will try to stop that momentum as he's appearing in his 10th Super Bowl, looking for number seven. Record setter, the greatest of all time. Spence, let's talk about the game and the spread. It currently sits at three points. The Chiefs are favored. I'll start this one off, Spence. Uh, I'm going to go Tampa Bay here. I think Tampa Bay gets the win outright. I think they upset the Chiefs. I think you see just enough from that defensive line to make key plays. I think Harrison Butker could be a detriment. Talking special teams, I think this will come down to a one-possession game, and I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win on the money line. Yeah, you're going to end up hating me here because I'm going to, in the future, because I know what we're going to be talking about, hedge my bet. Uh, I can't go against the Chiefs. I hate the Chiefs with all my heart and passion. I'm a Raiders fan since uh, day one. Uh, but when you like when you watch last week and you see what Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey do to a defense, you wonder how you stop it. And then once you like kind of stop it, then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire you know, bumps a 20-yard run, a 30-yard run. Uh, so when it's all clicking, there is no stopping it. Those guys are too skilled at the position, I think, for anybody to do anything. All you have to do is hope to slow them down. Uh, and also, <laughs> I also said that uh, Tom Brady has an advantage at the quarterback position. And now I just kind of feel as I'm saying it that Patrick Mahomes can just dominate at any point in time. So it really just kind of decides like h- how he wakes up that morning or just something in the air. Uh, I flip flop on this game all the time. I feel s- this is the least confident I ever felt in deciding a game, maybe this entire season. Uh, so, God, I- I'm going to be betting money on the Chiefs, brooding for the Buccaneers. Probably expecting to lose that bet <laughs> if that is a good culmination of everything I just told you. All right, Spence, give us an MVP. Who's your MVP? Does it have to be Mahomes if you're picking Kansas City? When I told you I was going to hedge my bet, uh, it's actually going to be Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, I think he's <laughs> going to win Super Bowl MVP. Uh, he's He's been there. He's done that. He's a pro bowler this year. 
if anyone's going to rise up to the challenge, and I think he plays on the side where they have been missing uh, tackle, if I'm not mistaken, or if they don't, they may even just switch him around there. He's going to be their premier edge rusher for the majority of the game. If he can get like three, four sacks, maybe a forced fumble out of Patrick Mahomes, he will secure the victory because I don't expect Tom Brady or anybody on their, on their offense to have a massive game. Not big enough. And we know the Super Bowl is always good for some random defensive guy to get it. Or if not even random, maybe some Pro Bowl guy. Von Miller had won that. Malcolm Smith had won that uh, award in that in the Seahawks Super Bowl. So if, I, if I'm going to have a – I'm going to put about – I don't have that much money. I'm going to probably put 10 bucks on Jason Pierre-Paul. 10 bucks. Nice 10 little, bucks for Spencer of the Wiz. <laughs> yeah, unless someone wants to spot me and uh, not get paid back uh, when I actually <laughs> lose the bet because this is ridiculous for me to say that Jason Pierre-Paul is going to win Super Bowl MVP. Uh, it's just my dark horse. I, I like him. I think he has a good work ethic even if he is missing a finger. I, I think from an offensive perspective, if, if Kansas City wins – and they score 24 or more points, it's going to be virtually impossible to give the MVP to anybody but Patrick Mahomes. Now, if, if Patrick Mahomes throws a handful of picks, he's unimpressive, or if he does not finish the game, and somebody like a Tyron Matthew has a pick six, I can see where Kansas City, somebody from that defensive side, gets the MVP. I fully expect uh, Tom Brady to complete the game. And if Tampa Bay wins offensively, it's almost for certain he'll get the MVP. But, I mean, look, Spence, we saw James White uh, in a Super Bowl victory against the Falcons have all kinds of yards and touchdowns. He still did not get the MVP. So it's going to be virtually impossible if this is an offensive heavy game for the quarterbacks not to get the MVP. We'd really have to see a handful of turnovers from the quarterbacks and then one of those turnovers probably lead into a touchdown the other way to see a defensive guy get an MVP. So, Spence, you're on the Chiefs. I'm on the Bucks, and I've gone back and forth. I've got a small ticket on Kansas City, but I also, like I told you, I put a prop bet in for Mahomes to throw a pick, so I'd be very happy to see that happen. Um, it, it's really tough. to. We talked about impact players under the radar. I'm going to stick with somebody I talked about earlier. I'm going to talk. I'm going to say Leonard Fournette. I think Leonard Fournette gets close to 100 yards. I think he catches three passes or more, and I think he gets into the end zone. I think he's somebody that helps control the clock for Tampa Bay and keeping Patrick Mahomes off the field. I think it's going to be very important for Tampa Bay to have a big time of possession advantage in this game for them to win, and I think they're going to focus on that, and they like what they can do. I think they like what they can do on the offensive line, running the football, and, of course, opening up that play action from Tom Brady. So uh, I, I think it's going to be Leonard Fournette, somebody that comes out from underneath uh, the ashes and it has a really great game. Yeah, uh, it, that that's the best thing about the Super Bowl is you truly can't predict like who will have that big game. There's always a random James White. The list goes on forever and ever when it comes to who who will be that. Uh, but that's that's why we love football. Uh, you kind of see it in other sports like Tyler Hero. There's usually some unsung heroes. For some reason, it feels especially big. I think it's because there's only one game to do it in basketball and baseball. There's seven game series. There are guys who can emerge like through momentum. There are no second chances in football. You got to win every single game to win the championship. Uh, so when some random guy with some probably great story that they'll make a story about on ESPN the next day does it, it feels a little uh, more cool to see. And we all root for the guy and then he'll end up going into obscurity for the rest of time, just like most of them do. Now, Spence, I've seen some reports that there could be a up to 70% chance of rain. And Florida definitely is known for their thunder showers. If there's a heavy downpour of rain, do you give the advantage to either side given those conditions? Uh, for sure. You got a better 
a better defensive line and a better run game for the Buccaneers. Uh, this could be a like, who knows, like a twenty-one to eighteen slugfest. Uh, rain it cannot be underestimated. Not being able to grab the ball, you got a guy like Clyde Edwards-Helaire who's so young. Fumbles happen at any point in time. Uh, we also saw that even just in the Packers game, like the fumbles make all the difference in the world when it comes to football games. The Packers may not lose that game if they don't have that huge turnover. Uh, so that whoever is the youngest person grabbing the ball, <laughs> that's kind of where the advantage goes. And of course, it, Edwards Elaire will be the starter until he may fumble the ball and then you'll probably get cut for the rest of the, the game. And then Le'Veon Bell will be in. This is a guy who's also been rusty, so he may not have a huge one. And then Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, especially considering how well Leonard Fournette's been playing, uh, that would be a great, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would love to see that happen, I feel like. And I, I know we didn't see any of it last week, Spence, because Patrick Mahomes was was great and didn't show any signs of, of injury. But remember, he was pulled from that game against Cleveland because uh, of what was reported as a neck issue or concussion. Uh, if there is heavy rain, could he have issues with some ball security possibly? Look, all it's going to take is a couple big hits on him from that defensive line to maybe shake him up. I, I'm not 100% convinced, Spence, that we don't see Patrick Mahomes take some hits in this game and, and be helped to the sideline. Uh, I, I really don't think it's a foregone conclusion. Look, we know how great Patrick Mahomes has been up to this point in his career, but he has dealt with some injuries, Spencer the Wiz. He's missed games in each part of the year. We know he's not 100% healthy. Having two starting offensive linemen out, I can I could easily see where he gets banged up in this game and there's some question about his health finishing it. And if that's if that is the case, Chad Henney coming in, former college teammate of Tom Brady, I don't think that speaks well uh, for for KC. Now they got the job done when him with him in relief against Cleveland. I don't think they would get the job done with him in relief against Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa Bay is not the Cleveland Browns. That that much we know. There's also one wild card factor in here that I think uh, has fallen, not fallen by the wayside, but it's kind of a random fact. Ladonick and Sue was known as the dirtiest player for ever. I mean, like for te- like almost five, yeah. ten years, it feels like when he played for the Lions. Is it outside of the world of possibility that he does a harder hit? maybe even a roughing the passer call on Patrick Mahomes that may leave him maybe one of the most controversial hits that we'll see in the game that will be talked about for days and days after. Old Dundonican Sue's back, dirty hit in the back of his mind. Now, do I think he's the same young player that made a lot of dumb decisions? No, but still, the fact that we know he's done it before, to me, says that it's very much possible that he takes Patrick Mahomes out of the game. Is it likely? No, but uh, there is... There's no, I think there are roughing the passer uh, prop bets. So there if is. you're interested in that, I think you can get good plus money out of it. Spence, I, I really love that angle, man. I love where you're going there. I I, I think that's huge. I, I think even uh, nobody knowing about uh, the possible instruction defensively is, hey, if you got an opportunity to put him to the ground, take that opportunity. Uh, man, I, I really like that angle, Spence, and I think it's going to be interesting to watch out. Um it's, it's going to be really fun to watch, man. Uh, it's really going to be fun to watch. And all those little stories underneath the story is going to be fantastic. Uh, so, look, it's it's interesting here. Chris Wynn wants to talk about uh, a young Pat Mahomes. Look, let's look at the resume, Chris Wynn. Pat, Pat Mahomes has missed more games in two years, and Brady's missed his whole career. I mean, taking out the one year that he missed. Tom Brady does not miss time. So, I mean – Let's look at the facts. I mean, you're wrong here. A 43-year-old Tom Brady is one of the most durable quarterbacks we've ever seen. Pat Mahomes can't get through a whole season. 
he was lucky. He didn't even get through the whole playoffs. He was lucky to even play last week. So um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for him to get roughed up. And what Spencer said, I think, is a, is a fantastic point. Uh, so, Spence, we know this is going to be lining up. Goat versus goat quarterback position. Two fantastic teams. Brady's first time. All, all kinds of storylines. First time in the NFC Conference. The Chiefs looking to go back-to-back. It'll be a great one this Sunday uh, at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Kansas City Chiefs for Super Bowl 55. And when we, we get back uh, on the podcast on Tuesday, of course, we'll give a, a great recap of the game. We'll talk about some prop bets. I've got my hands in quite a few prop bets, and we'll see how that shakes out. Me and Spence will maybe try to put together some props uh, to put on the show together. We'll, we'll see if we can get together here before the weekend and put something together for the show that we can have a graphic posted on Tuesday and, t- and tell you how it shaped up for us. So, uh, Spence, let's talk about – let's keep it in football here. And Brian Bravo brought this to my attention. The uh, 30 for 30 in the NFL about Al Davis, the Al Davis documentary – uh, tell the listeners out there, it aired tonight. You haven't seen it yet, but you're a huge Raiders fan. So just talk about it a little bit, Spence. Yeah, uh, Al Davis uh, meant a lot to my dad. Obviously, growing up, he saw the Raiders be successful. I've never seen that in my lifetime, unfortunately. So I, I kind of have to live vicariously through him. Uh, but the, at the end of the day, you know, this was a guy who didn't bow down to any commissioner at any point in time. He wanted to do things and he wanted to do it the way he could. So I think he was a man of the people. Probably not. I think he was more of just like an arrogant guy who wanted to carve his own path. But did he like to take the moniker of being the amongst the the people, even though he was like a billionaire or a millionaire, whatever you want to call it, more money than you could ever have in one lifetime. Uh, but, you know, he understood the fans and he wanted to bring excitement. He was all about the game. He was all about winning. Just win, baby. Uh, the only thing about this documentary that I'm a little excited about uh, or worried about because I saw it on the Mandalorian had a terrible deep fake. Apparently, Al Davis has some sort of deep fake in this uh, documentary. Uh, if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's a uh, basically they take like a fake face or they take the person's face and they animate it to some some sort of actor to make it look like him. Uh, apparently, it should be uh, people are saying it's terrifying. So I'm gonna be excited to look at that and to see how they take it, what they do with it. But it'll be a great look into some Raiders history. I'll probably learn a lot of things I didn't know. I've only seen one documentary about the the team in the 80s, which was really cool for me to see uh, a little part of history. I'm a big book Jackson fan as well. Uh, We'll see where they go with it. If it's more about the Raiders or more about his life, they're obviously intertwined. uh, But there's a lot going on there. And uh, I'll watch it as a family. This is something that we'll do uh, together. All right, Spence. Um, I, I want to briefly go down the NBA scoreboard tonight, but before we do that, I want to hit a couple uh, cross-sport props, Spence, and get your opinion here. Okay, so the cross-sport prop for Sunday, the, Bo- the Boston Celtics will be at Phoenix to take on the Suns. Jason Tatum, total points scored versus Tom Brady, total completions. And Jason Tatum is minus one and a half. Oh gosh, yeah. Uh really? Okay. I, I like that a, a lot. Uh I'm gonna go ahead and say that Tom Brady's gonna have like 30 completions. So okay. I, I'm gonna lean towards Tom Brady in this one. I think it's unless it rains. So if you're betting on the rain, you can do a bunch of like if you want a lot of value out of this, like taking the under and everything like that, if it's going to rain, obviously Tom Brady's gonna have less uh than Tatum there. So it, it kind of depends on your philosophy and what you think will happen. Okay, here we go, Spence. Uh, Cross-sport prop, which is higher? Kawhi Leonard, 
total points scored versus Leonard Fournette total receiving yards. Kings are at the Clippers. Leonard Fournette points uh, points scored. I'm sorry, Leonard Fournette receiving yards. Kawhi Leonard points scored. Who who are the Clippers playing? I'm sorry, the Kings. Oh gosh, he's gonna. He, they don't have anybody to guard the small forward position. I feel like this is the easiest one that. Well, who you've only done two, but this one's significantly easier. Kawhi Leonard will score significantly more points than he'll have receiving yards. Spence, the, yeah, I, I kind of, I'm kind of looking at you on this one and, and agreeing. Leonard Fournette. Let's say he has 24 receiving yards. Uh, Ka- Kawhi could easily have 25 or more against the Kings. Okay, let's let's hit LeBron James. LeBron James total points scored. Pistons at Lakers versus Patrick Mahomes total completions. Uh, well, Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be good for 30 points. Uh, the Pistons are terrible. LeBron James isn't scoring significantly over 30 points a lot this season, so I, I like the idea of Patrick Mahomes on and in, in that. I don't. What was the? Do you get plus points for Patrick Mahomes? Uh, it's it, it's at even, so no minus oh. or plus. And LeBron James is the underdog at minus 105. That's a close one, but I'm leading Patrick Mahomes for sure. Yeah. And, and look, uh, Chris Wynn just touched on this in the chat, and I want to get into that real quick. Yeah, the Lakers outscored the Nuggets 68-35 to in the second half. A big halftime lead for the Nuggets, and the Lakers end up blowing them out in the second half. That was from tonight's game. The Lakers win 114-93. LeBron James has 27 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Spence, what about that second half in the Lakers? I know we were on the show here, so we didn't get to see it. Uh, but the Lakers moved to 17-6 and six on the season. Yeah, the Nuggets have lost a spark in them. I don't know what that's from. I think maybe – well, they are a relatively young team. They're not like the – they're not a veteran team as far as I'm concerned. You got a lot of young guys rolling around in there. Losing uh, the way they did, like just basically nothing. I think they're still looking up to the Lakers, and that will be going on for a long time because Anthony Davis is going to be there. When LeBron James leaves, I think the Nuggets will have their time. It's not coming anytime soon. They, they are just – uh, on the outside looking in, as far as I'm concerned, they'll be successful in the playoffs, not going to get bounced, but still they are bound to have this happen against any good playoff team that is vying for a uh, championship. Uh, Spence, the Utah Jazz get another win. They have the best record in the Western Conference at 17-5. and five. They win 112-91. Jordan Clarkson, who, in my opinion, will be the front runner for sixth man of the year. He had 23-7. and seven. The Jazz get a win on the road against the Hawks tonight. I love the Jazz in this spot, and, and I'll give you a little uh, taste of my uh, betting ideology when it comes to the NBA. Uh, but like the Hawks are going to have score fest against teams with bad defenses, i.e., like Dallas Mavericks when they just played them. If you play, if they play a good defensive team, because the the Hawks do not play defense at all, they're probably bottom five. At least in my personal opinion, they are bottom five. If you if the Jazz are a great defensive team, they can stop them, and the Jazz are not going to stop scoring. Uh, if anything, they're going to have one of their best offensive games of the year. This line was like really close, and I have no idea why. The Jazz were such an easy pick tonight. Spencer the Wiz, in what I thought was the most surprising stat line of the night and probably of the year, the Golden State Warriors win 147-116. But the standout for the Warriors tonight, Kelly Oubre, who has been arguably terrible offensively this year, has a career-high 40 points. Seven of ten from three, five of six from the free throw line, 
14 of 21 from the field in 36 minutes. He has 40 points and eight rebounds, Spencer the Wiz. Uh, the surprise of the entire season as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's bound to happen at least one point. Is he going to start averaging over 20 points a game for the Warriors? He's absolutely not. He's just – I don't think he uh, has the work ethic to do something like that to sustain over an entire season. Because he's still insanely athletic, absolutely. Uh, but the Dallas Mavericks, I think this is more about them. They legitimately just stink. They, we talked about this before the season started. The, as long as Maxi Kleber and and guys like that or Willie Colley Stein are playing significant minutes for them, they will not do anything. How they made the playoffs last year is a complete mystery to me. I do not think they're going to make it this year. I don't know how long Luka Doncic kind of plays this game with them. It seems more and more now that as soon as your team gets bad, your star player wants to leave. Uh, I Deshaun Watson. So am I saying that he's going to force himself out next year? No. But if this keeps going on, then the thing is that's worse about all this because they're kind of the worst run team in basketball as far as I'm concerned. They do not have cap space. They are to the brim paying guys like Tim Hardaway, Porzingis. Uh, a, a lot of guys in them are just completely overpaid. It's kind of embarrassing and it's not going to get better anytime soon. None of these guys have expiring contracts. I have no idea what they're going to do and I'm glad I'm not their general manager. Spence, the Mavs are 9 and 14 on the year. Uh, the Warriors, 12 and 10. They're going to position themselves for one of those last seeds in the playoffs they hope to do. But for me, Spence, the Warriors are one of the toughest teams to bet in the NBA. They can have a night where they lose to a team that's not as talented as them. And then they come out tonight and they win by 30 plus points, scoring 147. And Kelly Oubre does what he does. Spence, a team that surprisingly is above 500. They've had some injuries and have not played that great. This year, but they get a nice win tonight over the Philadelphia 76ers. Portland, they win 121-105 on the road. Carmelo Anthony scores 22 points, five assists, and four rebounds. The Blazers move to 12-9 and on the year. Well, I, I like their coach. Uh, I think his name's Scott Brooks. Hopefully I'm saying that right. But Not uh, Scott Brooks. Um, uh, ter- Terry Stotts. Terry Stotts. That's absolutely correct. So they're okay in spots. You have to know when to pick them. When they play a great defensive team – very similar to like uh, like uh, the Hawks I just said, they're going to get decimated. They played the Bucks and they got creamed, like one of the worst games of the season. Uh, and I think they've been without CJ McCollum for some time due to injury as well. Uh, but they, they are okay, and they're just going to float around 500 the entire season. Damian Lillard obviously is good for a huge game at any point in time, so it's kind of hard to bet them. It's hard to bet against them. Most of the time, I stick away from them when it, <coughs> when it comes to my personal NBA tickets. Uh, but still, uh, they can they can beat any team. That's the hard part. That, that's why they are so hard to bet. And other times, they look awful because they can't get it together defensively. Spence, we briefly talked about this team last night. They're 11-10 and 10 on the year. They beat your Memphis Grizzlies tonight, 115-103. That's the Houston Rockets. And a little-known Jay Sean Tate has 19-7 and seven for Houston tonight. Yeah, he's been one of the, the bigger surprises of this year, one of the no-names making a name for himself. Uh, but the Grizzlies were just coming off a seven-game win streak without two of their starters for a long time, three of their starters in the beginning of that win streak. They're tired. They are a young team. This is like, I think they're average the youngest team in the league, if it's not the Hawks. Uh, so they're going to have spouts where they're just going to lose a lot until they get Jaron Jackson back, until we see Justice Winslow. But what they're doing this season is special. Not that they're going to win the finals, not even that they're going to make the playoffs, but the camaraderie that Taylor Jenkins has had with this team uh, truly 
puts him in the conversation for me as coach of the year. If they were make the eight seed, he should be one of the top candidates because no one else has really stood out to me. Uh, he has the attention of these guys. I love Killy and Tilly. I like um, Desmond Bain. He takes the talent that he has and he utilizes it. Uh, there are a lot of guys who don't have the ability to do that. It's, it depends on talent for them. For him, it doesn't feel that way. He's going to put a good product on the fe- on the floor. Whether or not they play consistently all the year is another question. But if when your team average is about 22 years old, he's doing the best that he can with what he's got. And I think they're even without Jonas Valanciunas right now, who is a linchpin that kind of makes it all work. Spencer the Wiz, a big Friday card in the NBA tomorrow. couple key games. Coming off his 54-point performance the other night, career high, Fred Van Fleet and the Toronto Raptors travel to Brooklyn to take on the Nets. This line is currently sitting at Brooklyn four and a half. We never know how Brooklyn's lineup is going to shape up, though, Spence. But if they have everybody in the lineup in this game, you got to think Brooklyn can cover that four and a half. This will be a 35-point blowout. They cannot keep up pace. The only thing I'm worried about uh, Brooklyn in certain spots is if there's a team that can stop them or slow them down because we know they're going to give up likely 120 points a night. I just don't think – I legitimately don't think that Toronto can score 120 points in a basketball game, at least not more than like five times in a year. Uh, well, they have a chance to do it now, uh, but that also depends on them having another career day from Fred Van Fleet. I don't expect him to do so. I don't. I have no idea why that line is so short. Toronto has been awful this entire season. Yeah, I, I got to think that some key guys may sit for Brooklyn. Of course, we never really know that until about a couple hours before game time. Another big matchup, Spence, it'll tip off at 7 o'clock Pacific time, the ESPN game. The Boston Celtics travel to Staples Center to take on the L.A. Clippers. That should be a good matchup. No line listed there, Spence. Uh, but, but Boston's got Kimba Walker back in the lineup. Uh, I know you're not completely sold on the Clippers yet, but this should be a really good game. Yeah, and I'm not sure like what the injury situation is going to be. Uh, I'm going to lean towards uh, the Clippers in this spot. I, I'm not a fan of Boston's offense. It's ugly. They take a lot of terrible spot-up three shots. Uh, some of them you know, you can accept when it comes from Tatum, but it's not always. Uh, Carson Edwards seems to feel way too comfortable. Daniel Tice also, you can say, feels a little too comfortable. They don't get the ball to their skilled players nearly enough. And I know I'm not a fan of uh, the Clippers like in the long run, but in the regular season, and they can totally take advantage. Uh, Boston just came off a loss from Sacramento, a game they should have no business losing, whether or not they had Marcus Smart or not. They had their two best players. That's all that should matter. Uh, and I think they're going to continue to have this massive losing streak because uh, Marcus Smart really is the kind of guy that brings it all together for them. That'll do it for tonight's show. That's Spencer the Wiz. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys Super Bowl 55, makes lots of money, and uh, enjoys the festivities this weekend. You can catch us back live on Tuesday, 9 o'clock Pacific time. If you miss any part of the show live, make sure you check out the podcast version, LandryFootball.com, Landry Football Conference Call. Search that underneath any of your podcasting platforms, and the rest stop will be underneath there. For Spencer Ostrowski, I'm Brad Restituto. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll see you back on Tuesday.